Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Boys Don't Cry. It's been a few months since we last did one of these, but with Mental Health Week in full swing, what better time to get the lads back together to have a conversation. So once again, as always, I'm joined by Tom Peach, Bo Rankin, Jamie Jukid and Jim Irving. So fellas, how are we? How are you doing? Don't all speak at once. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing well. I, I can't believe it has been uh, so long since I last recorded it. It's flown by. Yeah, it really has. Um, but it's good to see you. And obviously, Jim, absolutely loving the shirt. A little bit of sparkle in Mental Health Week. Um, so obviously, thank you all for being on. Um, it's always a pleasure to speak to you all. Now, obviously, the topic for today and the theme for the, for the week is all about what mental health means to us. Because I'm sure we can all agree that mental health means different things for different people. Um, whether that be your interpretation of what mental health is or how you interpret your own mental health. So, you know, we'll have a good conversation today just all about that. And hopefully, you know, people can, can interact with the podcast, uh, keep interacting with the Students' Union stuff on social media as well and tell us what mental health means to you. So does anyone want to kick us off then with, with, with a starting statement about what mental health means to them? Again, don't all speak yeah. at once. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go. I, 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 I can go with this one. It's weird, isn't it? I feel like we've not done this in such a long time. Like when we towards the end of the last block, it was really natural, and everyone was like, "Yeah, I know when to come in," and everyone knows what the order is. Now everyone, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, um, so mental health to me. I mean, personally, my experience of sort of, I suppose, poor mental health or periods of poor mental health is always centered around depression. Um, and certainly low mood. Um, so for me, mental health is always being essentially whether I'm happy or sad. And I've talked about this before on the podcast about like sort of getting through bad times by marking days, whether it was a good day or a bad day, a happy day or a sad day. And, and that's personally what it is for me, just happy or sad and just breaking it down into something as simple as that. And just, is it a good day? Is it a bad day? Um, and yeah, that's what it's always been for me, I suppose. Yeah, I think, and obviously that's a really interesting way to put it. And the, the fact that, you, you know, you mentioned that for you, mental health always centers around, you know, the big D word. Um, and I'm sure, you know, it, as, as, you know as, as prevalent an issue as that is, you know, mental health is unpicked by different people in, in different ways. Um, but no, cheers for that, but I think that's really good. And it, again, it's interesting, isn't it, that we've put it down to good days and bad days. And, and to, be, to be fair, that's probably the root um, for, for, for mental health discussions is, you know, has it been a good day or, or a bad day? Yeah, um, it's, anyone it's else? reductionist as well, I think, but like, for, I think it's really easy sometimes and it makes it a little bit better almost to break it down into such a simple thing because mental health and certainly uh, with myself with depression, like it can affect so many things, not just mood, but like energy levels, being able to get out of bed. Um, so just breaking it down so simple and reducing it to two kind of things makes it a little bit easier to understand almost. Yeah, I, I kind of really um, resonate with what you said about the energy levels for me. Uh, mental health is is actually having uh, energy, have, feeling really engaged with what I'm doing, and I, I sort of I see myself as as quite borderline introvert and extrovert. So I kind of draw my energy from different things. Sometimes that's um, being alone and being out, and, and I don't know, playing uh, on the Xbox or going out for a walk in the in the countryside and doing something completely um, antisocial. And other times it's being out uh, with with friends and, and kind of really. Uh, enjoying that moment but it, either way it's having that energy to do it or drawing the energy from that 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's really interesting. And just on the energy levels as well, because something, you know, now that some of the restrictions are being lifted and we're back into, you know, a bit of socialising, um, my social battery drains so much quicker than it used to. Because um, I'm, I'm a bit like you, like, I, uh, I think I'm a bit of an introverted extrovert at times. You know, I am, uh, there are times that I really do struggle to be in, in, you know, social situations. But at the minute, I find myself, you know, waking up the next day after I've, if I've, you know, been outside in the rain and, and had a pint and <laughs> some food. And I wake up the next day and I'm like, yeah, I need a day by myself, um, which is an interesting one. Um, but the, yeah, definitely, I think the energy levels are, are a really interesting point to look at. And, you know, the fact that going back into the good days and bad days is that a bad day could just be that you've had absolutely zero energy to do the things that you enjoy doing. But it's OK, you know, to take a bit of rest. Um, Tom, Jamie, anything you want to you want to add? Oh, very Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, I think he's raised some really good points there. Um, I think for me, the main thing is trying to look at mental health in a more positive light. The, the society at the minute, we you think of mental health and you think of it immediately as this negative kind of thing. And I think sometimes it's really nice to be able to take a step back at the end of a day and go, today's been a really good, well, I've heard the expression mental health day. Um, where if, if you've had a shit day, if you've had a good day, and being able to say, okay, and being able to recognise when, being able to recognise when you've had a really bad day for your mental health, or being able to recognise when you've had a really good day. And I think it's really satisfying to be able to sit down if you've had a really productive day at work, if you've got, if you've been out and met some friends and being able to recognise, oh, hang on, this has actually been a really good mental health day and that's been really good for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing I'll add on to what everyone else has said um, is about mental health being ongoing. So rather than um, it can be easy when you've got like a mental health month or mental health week or, you know, if you have a diagnosis or if you feel like you have a bad stretch to sort of try to compartmentalise it as either something that, happens for a short period or only happens to certain people um when it, it's something that we all experience in different ways to greater or lesser extents and it has different impacts on our lives but it is it's an ongoing um ongoing thing um and that might change over time it might change rapidly it might change slowly um yeah so and i think the idea about it being ongoing um so since we last had um the podcast I restarted therapy and um it's it's been one of the things that we've particularly been working on about the idea about um about your mental health being an ongoing um process and to not try and um work towards you having um sort of like uh, an ideal way to be in your mental health um because all that's going to do is sort of create days where you feel like you're failing on your mental health. Are you going to create days where you are kind of exceeding where you want to be? Um, and that's not necessarily a particularly healthy way to constantly be assessing um, where you are. I'm very like evidence oriented. So this is one thing that we're trying to work on is try to get rid of a lot of my evidence-based stuff. Um, but yeah, having that sort of guideline for, um, kind of what your mental health should be um, isn't necessarily always the best thing, certainly for me. Um, so that's been one of my things ongoing and not trying to have a standard for what 
my good days and bad days and what my mental health is or should be um that it is contextual and, and, and looks different that, that that's where i'm at yeah no definitely i think again that's really interesting and, and that's a really good point because i think you know when we talk about general health or like you know fitness or anything like that everyone always views it as a long-term thing and you know you're going to have days where you fluctuate so if you're uh, an absolute mad gym nut and you know you're really healthy even on the days when you have a cheat day we always talk about like days like that being integral to making sure that something is sustainable yet for some reason when we talk about mental health like you, you just hit the nail on the head there that when you do have a dip or you have a bad day you feel again like you're failing and the days that you have where you do sit and you know I, I, I love days where I sit and I don't really do anything um, and I just recharge and that was and we've spoken about this quite extensively on the podcast is that those are the days that I used to feel really guilty about you know ignoring people that this sounds really horrible but ignoring people texting me or things like that and just completely disconnecting and for me, one of the positive things that I managed to do was to stop feeling guilty for having days just to myself. And that is such an important thing. And for me, when it comes to what does mental health mean for me, that's probably it. It's about making sure that you do prioritize yourself. That on the days that you do need to completely zone out from everything, you know, you, you don't have to make excuses or you don't have to um, agree to do stuff if you're not feeling up to it. Simply saying, you know, really sorry, but I'm just not fancying it today or, you know, I'm just going to spend spend a day working on myself. Um and I know obviously it's difficult to draw parallels between, you know, actual physical health and, and mental health, but it is those times, isn't it? That if you have a broken leg and then you're in recovery after your broken leg, people don't expect you to be out running marathons. You know, they understand that it takes time to get back to that. So especially when we talk about people that are having issues with their mental health, for some reason, you know, it's, it is that case of, oh, have you tried getting over it? You know, have you just tried? But you wouldn't turn around to somebody with a broken leg and say, you know, have you just tried walking on it? Because it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so, so that's the important thing. And obviously that's what we're trying to get across this week. And obviously um, people interact with their own mental health in different ways. And, and it's really interesting to hear what's different for different people. Because I know some people love going on walks. If, they, you know, if they're having a bit of a bad day, they love going on walks. For me, I couldn't think of anything worse. Like if I'm having a bad day, like I'm literally sitting in, in my chair and I'm not moving. Like I'll just put, like I watched, I think I just sat and watched Avengers Endgame the other day. Um, now I've seen, I've seen about 50 times, but just to sit and watch that and zone out, perfect. When my housemates are like, yo, we're going to go for, you know, we're going to run a triathlon and, you know, we're going to go to the gym and do all this. I'm like, you can, I won't be there. <laughs> I like the uh, parallels with um, sort of physical health and then also the links like with Tom saying about it being ongoing. Um it's something that I've kind of like picked up on uh, throughout over the last sort of five, ten years or so that I've been sort of dealing with issues sort of when it picked up in my life. Theme. Is that like with physical health, as you work on your body and you eat right and you go out training and stuff, you get fitter and fitter and fitter. And you only maintain that if you keep doing those things. Like if you stop working on your physical health, it deteriorates. And something I've found with my mental health is, I'll go through a period of low mood or sort of acute depression and then I'll work on that until I start to feel okay again. And I'll be like, oh, okay, cool, cured, sorted, fine. <laughs> and then I'll stop and it'll just slowly deteriorate and I get these ebbs and flows. And it's something that I've sort of very recently really sort of twigged onto, which is disastrous really when you think of how, how long I've been dealing with this it's only really in the last sort of four or five months that I've actually realized I need to really just work on it constantly um but yeah so that's been quite a helpful realization for me that it is an ongoing thing and that you can't just stop when you're feeling well 
um, you kind of keep going and it doesn't have to be like ridiculously focusing that all the time but little things just to shift in mood and shift in sort of the way that you view things to keep your mental health at a not, not a better point but keep my mood higher than and not allow it to dip yeah, absolutely. And that's a, again, that's an interesting point because, and, we, and we've mentioned this before in, in other episodes, that the main conversation around mental health centers around the, the, the opposite ends of the spectrum. It centers around people that have good mental health and people that have poor mental health. So again, if we draw parallels with fitness, we don't, when we talk about people like it's people's health and fitness, we don't talk about people that are, you know, very unfit and people that are ridiculously fit because we understand that there's a million different people in between. So the conversation around mental health also needs to have that because, and again, it's something that we've spoken about extensively is, you know, when I went started experiencing my issues with mental health, if I look back at the start, I was probably, you know, going from that end of the spectrum of being, you know, having good mental health. And then when it is, you know, when it was a bad day and then a bad day becomes a couple of bad days and it's a bad week. And then you end up in that cycle because you're not talked about. You, you don't feel that the services are there for you because you, I used to sit and think to myself, well, you know, I'm not depressed. Like uh, I'm still out and I'm still functioning. Whereas like, you know, if you look at your health and then somebody might turn around and go, yeah, you know, I'm relatively healthy, but I could be healthier. You know, I could eat better. I could, you know, exercise a little bit more. I never did that with my mental health. It was never a case of, oh, but, you know, just because there's people out there that are probably worse off than me, I still need to understand that I need to do do, do better stuff for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I do always think the way in which we, we, we treat mental health is one extreme to the other. You're either having a really good day or you're having a really bad day. Also, speaking of, I think Jamie dropped the first swear word that we've ever had on the podcast before when he was talking about shit days. So congratulations, mm-hmm. there's a milestone. <laughs> I think something that's really important about this podcast and just the, the idea about getting people to talk and it certainly has come up in, in, in my therapy before is that I think um, that there's, there's sometimes a tendency with mental health stuff um, for it to be super duper individualized. So it's all, it's all your responsibility. It's your thing to deal with. It's, you know, it's your thing to work through. Um, and something that I particularly the past couple of months have been working through is that um, yeah, there are lots of things that you can do um, for yourself and, you know, thought process and different things, um, things that you can do. Um, but it's not necessarily all about you just getting to a stage where you can cope with everything, that actually, you know, sometimes your responses to things and the way that things are making you feel are actually quite valid, you know, and they're, they're understandable and they're appropriate reactions. Um, and I think sometimes, when, particularly when you've got poor mental health, it can you can lose sight of um, kind of, you know, when you need to stand up for yourself or, you know, when you haven't, if you've got like a situation at work um, or, you know, you've got too much work, um, you know, in your workload that, that, that that's causing issues or, you know, you're working far too long, long hours or you've got a situation at home or, you know, there's, I think there's lots of things that um, it can be easy when you're in that headspace to internalise as being your responsibility to just get over and just deal with it when actually um, part of, I think what particularly for me, managing mental health is about actually being able to recognize, right. What are the things that I can control and things that I can deal myself? What things do I need to reach out and say, Hey, you know, this thing isn't really doing me particularly any favors with my mental health because of this, this and this, what can we do about it? Um, and 
yeah, bringing people into those conversations is actually a super healthy thing to do. And I think we've maybe not necessarily been as open to do that in the past, particularly as men, I think. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think obviously the key there is about opening the conversation, isn't it? And that's obviously what we're wanting to do with this is, is just to have that open, you know, non-judgmental conversation all about mental health. Um, and... I know we, and we did an episode of all about coping mechanisms. And one thing that I've really discovered about myself over the, the, the past couple of months is that I need to have a vice at any given time. Um, and I think I spoke about my coping mechanisms either, you know, I used to binge eat like junk food or like I dr drink a lot of wine. Um, and I noticed that so when I quit smoking last year, I noticed that my vice like intakes, you know, exploded because that was always my way of dealing with whatever, you know, if I, if I had a bad day, my go-to, I used to obviously smoke um, and so my go-to then became drinking bottles of wine and, and you know, I, I put, put quite a bit of weight on. Um, so I have unfortunately since started smoking again, but I've also then noticed that my other vice in, intakes have, have dropped. So obviously that is not a healthy way uh, for me for me to deal with my, my issues that I go through on a daily basis. But it, I just find, again, that's a really interesting thing for, that I find is that I do have to have that go-to outlet something that if I've had a particularly, you know, rough day or whatever, there needs to be something that sig signals to me that I've ended that period of the day. So let's say I've had a bad day at work or it's been a really stressful day at work, especially given the, the working um, like restrictions that we've had and that you're at home, you're, you're living and eating and sleeping within your workspaces. I needed something that sig signaled the end of the day. And that used to be, you know, cracking open a bottle of red wine. And before I knew it, you know, I'd inhaled the entire bottle. Um, and you know something that I will work on and, and that again I, I've been talking to my friends about it but uh, I do just think it is interesting that we talk about um you know when we have that conversation about coping mechanisms and how for me I have just discovered that my one of my biggest coping mechanisms is having something that I, I enjoy being addicted to I've always had a very addictive personality but you know what what, what can I say I think with everything that's been said that one thing that strikes me is this kind of all or nothing um, uh, thinking that impacts, I think, actually both mental health and physical health. It, it, it sort of, it's that mindset that is really difficult to, to break out of in thinking that, you know, I'm having a bad day. I'm just resigned to the fact this is, this is a bad day. I'm going to embrace it. But actually, you can take those smaller steps to change that. And, and that's the same in, in sense of uh, physical health. I've been putting off going back to the gym for a long time. And I started that this week. And it's been really tough because it has been that kind of all or nothing oh, I really don't feel like going and and I've done it and I've broken through it but it's just taking that little step and realizing yeah I'm, I'm back in the gym I'm doing a, a really poor workout but do you know what I'm there so I'm not going to beat myself up for the fact that I'm not yet able to run you know huge amount of time at the moment or anything like that but just that little step is enough yeah definitely and congrats for going back to the gym there's more gym than I've been doing in the last couple of years so um but no no I, I absolutely agree and um like speaking of like all or nothing you know one I know it's funny because of the title of the podcast but one thing I have really enjoyed doing recently is crying like it that's not even in like a a, a pity way sometimes it's just really cathartic sometimes you just need to cry so I, you know again when I was watching Endgame uh, you know, I won't drop any spoilers just in case anyone hasn't seen it yet. But, you know, the bit at the end, you know, I was crying at that the other day and it was really nice and therapeutic and it just felt that that helped me get through. But um, and, and on like, you know, sort of self-improvement and, th and things, 
So over the last two months, so I've like, I lost two stone over like the last two and a half, three months, which again is, is something that I've been really like really chuffed with myself for, and that's been a really positive. Um, a positive way to help keep me on track as well. You know, and I understand that counting calories and, and things like that isn't something for everyone. And I know it can be triggering for people and um, it can become quite obsessive, but it's been a really nice therapeutic way. Like I love logging into, you know, the apps that I use to track it, um, logging my things. And even that helps me feel like I've had a really good day. If I've eaten, you know, really well throughout the day, I've, you know, I'm under my, my, my recommended calorie intake. Um, and that's a nice little day. And then I have my weigh-ins each week. And again, they're really positive. It's a really positive way. So again, Jim, I, I I completely like agree with you there. That even even if I have weeks where like I haven't lost as much weight as I was planning to, it's still just that little win that you know I'm better off, or I haven't gained weight. You know what I mean? So it is about taking those little wins, isn't it? And and, and focusing on the fact that you know you are having a good day even amongst all the bad stuff. Yeah, and it's been not beating yourself up on the day where you do have a glass of wine and your calorie intake is up. You don't think, oh, that's that's it. I'm just going to eat everything in the house because that's what I, I would, uh, you know, want to do. I'd sort of think, well, I'm on glass now. I might as well finish the bottle, but it doesn't always have to be there. Yeah. Exactly. I just want to add sort of as a, well, first off, amazing to both of you guys for getting back in the gym and, and the way that you've lost Jamie. But um, from the opposite end of the spectrum as well. Just to add that it does exist. People often as well from a, a body image standpoint, I feel get left behind when they want to go the other way. So like something I've always struggled with is gaining weight. But I've always been a very skinny kind of guy. Um, and over the last several months, I've managed to put on a stone in weight. So I went the other way. Um, and that's been massive for me. And I'm sure there's other people out there who are going through sort of a similar situation um, where gaining weight is really difficult. And though for a lot of people, this is really alienating and they think, oh God, I wish I was skinny and stuff. But it is that weird thing. Like when you say that, you don't often know what a person's mentality of it is. So like when you say to someone, oh, you're really skinny, you might say that as a compliment to a lot of people that can be quite triggering and almost and be a really bad thing because they don't want to be in that situation. Um, it's quite a thin line, I think. It's a, it's a difficult one to walk because you're just trying to be nice and trying to be really sort of complimentary to a person. Um, and it can go the other way. Um, whereas, like, personally, I would rather someone be like, notice that I've gained weight or, like, I know um, my partner often calls me fat. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to be. Uh, <laughs> So, like, whereas to, and a lot of other people, that would be a, a very different conversation if you just walked up to someone and called them fat, then you're in a different ball, ball game there. But with me, it makes me smile and it's a good thing. Um, so, yeah, so I've, I've went the other way and a lot of people do that. But, yeah, it's made me feel a lot better about myself as well. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And that's, I suppose while we're on that culture of, you know, sort of dieting and eating and, and, and weight gain and stuff, I think that as long as somebody's happy, then that's all that matters, isn't it? Like, you know, if you have your preconceptions about what a healthy body looks to you, then that's fine. But, you know, you keep that to yourself. Um, you can have your ideas of, of, of what body image is like. And it's like with me, you know, um, I, I think I always view myself in a different light than say other people do. So when I talk about weight loss and people are like, oh, you don't need to lose any weight, I think, but just in my mind, I want to. And that's the thing, I'm losing it for myself. It's for, it's for no other reason. But the best thing happened, I mean, it's annoying, so like I was, I had some jeans that I used to really enjoy wearing and I now can't wear them without a belt, which was such a nice feeling to put, to put them on and be like, oh. and I was walking around to my housemates being like, look at this, pulling my waistband out. 
Um, but no, absolutely. But again, I think you're spot on there. And again, it's another thing when we talk about what mental health means to us. For some people, things that you know, things like eating disorders and body dysmorphia is a very real challenge that people battle with each day. And again, that deserves just as much attention, just as much limelight and just as much conversation as we do when we talk about things like depression, you know, and anxiety. Um, and I suppose that is the one thing that, you know, coming out of lockdown now is just be kind to, to, to people. People might have lost weight during lockdown. People might have gained weight during lockdown. But, you know, keep, keep those thoughts to yourself and, you know, don't, don't start pushing things on, on people. Because I mentioned it again, earlier in a couple of episodes that at one point I said to myself, the only thing I can enjoy at the minute is food. So I was just making nice food all the time and that was fine. I don't regret what I did. I don't regret the weight I put on whatsoever. Um, I'm just at a, a point in time now where I'm, I'm really enjoying like the work that I'm doing. Um, and it's nice because I still eat really good meals. I just find the low calorie alternatives and it's, it's still really filling. And tender stem broccoli is an absolute cheat code. So, and so a potato waffles, no, potato waffles are incredible. I like 96 calories a, a waffle. And <laughs> I feel like a kid again. It's fantastic. Teaching you how to make noodles over Twitter was one of my favourite interactions of this past three months. That was that was fantastic. That, that homemade ramen that I made. I mean, to be fair, some of the noodles did stick to the bottom of the pan, so that was an absolute nightmare. But, you know, other than that, it was fantastic. Um <laughs> But yeah, you know, it, it, it's been great. And I think, you know, one of the things I've loved about this podcast is things like that, you know, there's been conversations that we've had and Tom went through a period where he'd send me like um, potatoes and uh, potato recipes because he used to speak about how I loved cooking potatoes. Um, but yeah, so it, that, that's really good. And um, that that for me, again, when, when we talk about mental health and what it mean, means, being locked in my house all day under lockdown restrictions, working from home, the way that I then dealt with all of that was I'd, I'd, I'd cook for an hour and I'd make a really nice meal from scratch. And that was such a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. You know, we've made some really interesting points so far. Um, any other, any other suggestions then on what, on what mental health means to us? I guess one of the th- other thing for me is just recognizing that um, we all have that, that interior monologue, that voice that's going on. And sometimes you can feel it's only you. Um, so again, I'm going to talk about the gym again because you know why not? I've been three times this week, but every time before I've gone, I've kind of had that anxiety of oh, I'm going to go in and there will be people who are really fit, really in the zone, and really confident and happy. And actually, you think probably not. Probably most people are going through that same sort of thing of thinking, oh, I just want to do a little bit more. So it's just kind of giving yourself a break by recognizing that um, you're not alone. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone goes through that. I think like. So personally, I, I was sort of involved in sport like my entire childhood through to like now. I did strength and conditioning at university. Like gyms should be where like I feel most at home and I cannot think of somewhere I feel less comfortable than being in a gym. Um, and that's like what I'm trained to do. Like my degrees are to be in gyms and I hate it. Absolutely hate it, despise it. Um, because of those sort of thoughts that are constantly running through my head of, oh, people are going to be watching me. There's people who can do this better than me. There's someone who's going to be bigger than me. All those different things. Or what happens if I've got a piece of equipment where I'm like, I really want to use this and then I can't use it. And what do I do? Just stand around like a bit of a muppet and just like stare at the walls. Or what if I go in and there's a piece of equipment that I've never seen before and now I don't know how to use it and I'm going to look like more of a twat trying to figure it out 
and like those are the things that go through my head so I absolutely hate it and like I'm someone who should be comfortable in those situations by all sort of intensive purposes but so yeah I think everyone just goes through that I think that's why it's so interesting about um sorry Jim go on no 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 no, absolutely not you go Tom I was just gonna say I think that's why it's really interesting I've just I'll bring it back. I'm not going to go on a tangent. But I think that's why it's so interesting, um, like lots of the um, research and work that's going on with kind of like, you know, high school PE teachers and people who research sport and things like that, looking at kind of that culture. Because I think I think a lot of us came through that culture where high school sport and physical exercise was not very kind to us at all. Either you didn't fit in because... Um, because you're LGBT or because you didn't have, um, you know, um, you didn't have a body that fit in, all these different kinds of um, things. And, and I think we sometimes underestimate how those things can stick with you and how they influence your kind of your mental health around anything connected with that, either your body image or your relationship to sport and exercise. And it's taken me such a long time to undo so much really negative school stuff from PE classes, both from teachers and from um, people in class to get to that stage where it feels like it's something that's for me. So I think when we, um, obviously when we talk about things like mental health and exercise and things like that, um, there's a lot of baggage, I think particularly for men that, that, that we don't always necessarily talk about that needs to be kind of, undone so I think it, it's 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 so good to see lots of kind of like teachers and things tackling this and actually taking it head on because I think it'll just make such a world of difference um particularly for men's mental health when when you know um boys grow up um having a different relationship with their bodies with um with gym with exercise <clears throat> with sports and all those different kinds of things and uh, it's it's a potential experience that I'm quite envious of, actually, because it's taken such a long time to, <laughs> to unlearn so much harmful stuff um, about myself. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that, but you no, know, I'm glad that you, you're you're, unp- you're unpicking it. Um, but no, I think, yeah, again, that's again a really interesting topic of conversation. We'd probably do a whole episode all about that because it goes back to this idea of like hypermasculinity and you know age-old definitions of what being a man's all about and the fact that that's force-fed to people throughout you know state education or whatever you know lock, like we talk about like like locker room talk and things like that and the attitudes towards people and i can imagine that's a really difficult place to be for some people um especially with i remember you know going through school even though yes, i left school what 10 years ago um so it's not that long ago but it was still a completely different world than it is than it is now um but i was just going to say you can tell we've had a few a uh, few months off from doing this. There's been a lot more swearing in this episode than we usually have, um, but you know I'm I'm, I'm here for it. Um, and I was just going to say as well, um, just to take it back to when we were talking about like you know like the, the gyms and things like that. And I think that's a really imp- uh, interesting point because one of the things I used to hate about going to the gym when I used to go in, and probably why it was never sustainable for me was exactly what you said then, Bo. Is there was always the anxiety in the back of my mind going, I'm using this piece of equipment wrong. So I ended up just doing the things that I knew that I could do. But then it, it was a bit pointless. But then I never learned because I felt really uncomfortable. And I thought, oh, there's going to be some guy with a physique like The Rock looking at me going, look at this muppet. He can't use that. that, that. When realistically, they're probably thinking, I might go over and help that person because they don't understand it. But And I, and I saw an analogy about it, which made which was really interesting. It's like, 
you don't laugh at people in the hospital that are sick, do you? Like, so people that want to better their body that go to the gym, you know, we, we need to, we should, we should celebrate them in the right place to, to do, if that's what they want to do. And, you know, I wouldn't feel embarrassed being in the doctors or being in the hospital. So I don't know why when it translates to the gym, I do sit there going, I'm not as big as some of these guys. I don't belong here because that's the right place to be. I think it's just because it, it's a weird situation to be in, isn't it? But it's just the different things that you can be doing in the gym. Sometimes you often feel like you're in a bit of a compromised position as well. And you might look silly doing it. So no matter what you're there at, like the doctors for, for instance, like, no one really knows like you could just be there to wait for a friend and no one knows when you're in the gym it's very evident what you're doing and if you're doing it wrong then people around you can see that um so there's just so many things i mean when you started talking there it made me remember one thing though um there's a there's a gym chain i won't mention the chain um where it has like these little bubbly revolving door type things where you open one door, step in and you're in this weird little chamber thing. And then the next door opens and you can get into the gym to get in. You have to put in like a pin code and stuff. Um, or you get doors with that where they get like little, these gyms have to stop you from just wandering in. Uh, it's like little compartments you have to go in almost. And one the door behind you closes, then the door in front of you opens. Um, I hate that so much. Like, I'm really quite claustrophobic as well. So there's just one more thing where I'm like, that puts me off going, like I will not go back to that gym or that chain because I hate how I have to get in the gym. And I just feel all this level of panic that I'm going to get stuck in the middle and just be like this little, like just like a circus act, like oh, something like, so, like an animal at a zoo stuck in a cage and people just stood around watching. Like, yeah, and I hate it. And that's one thing again that, I just panic about it and even thinking about it now, I'm like, yeah, don't like it. Um, so just all the little things that can put you off is, it's insane. Yeah. I think that's why when it comes to, um, when it comes to like kind of mental health, particularly like, like mental health month where you seem to have like a proliferation of, you know, organisations and all sorts of different people promoting different things like, like, you, you know, get back to the gym or get out and do this or go and do that. Um, that's all well and good to kind of push that but if there's no sort of backup support for the reasons why people feel stressed in that particular situation or avoid doing that in the first place it's not actually gonna do what you're promoting it for it's you know we know that a lot of um uh, people a a lot of men experience those kinds of um feelings in in different um sporting and fitness situations so yeah let's encourage people to get out and do that kind of stuff but there also needs to be some kind of support in place for for those kinds of real concerns and anxieties that people um that people are feeling otherwise it's just another you know it's just another call to get someone signed up to pay for another thing that they're never going to do or download an app that they're never going to use again or you know all the different kinds of um, things we're going to spend money on things that we actually end up never doing because it just ends up worsening your mental health longer day, later on down the line yeah and i agree i think i agree with that i like and i think that there's a really good segue back into the idea of what mental health means to us because again with it being mental health week it's a perfect opportunity for people to put out you know things that make them look good it's a tick box exercise for big organizations 
Whereas actually what they need to be doing is making sure that the environments that they are creating aren't contributing to that. So, you know, for big organizations that tweet out, you know, a mental health checklist or something, or they might um, put out some ways to deal if you're having a bad day and stuff. But if they're not looking at the services that they provide, or if they're not looking at, um, again, the structures and, and the, the procedures that they have in place that might be damaging. So for example, let's say a big organization that has you know a thousand employees, if they're not treating their employees well, then there's no point in them putting something out for mental health week or something like that and be like, you know, be kind to your mind, which is our strap line for this week, by the way. I'm not saying it's our organization, but you know. <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just a massive disclaimer there, not at all. Um, but understanding that you need to be making sure that you practice what you preach when it comes to making sure that the people that are around you also have that positive um, experience and that their day, the day-to-day operations that you're running or the day-to-day environment you're creating isn't contributing to somebody's poor mental health. That was a really long about way, a, a long about way to go with that saying it. And also, like I say, I'm not for one second saying that our organizations are doing this, but that's, that's, that's a really important thing. I think, you know, the gym analogy there with, you know, downloading apps that you're never going to use, finding yourself in a, in a, with a subscription membership to something that you aren't going to go to, which later down the line is going to make you go. So I've spent, you know, 200 pounds this year and I've not been to the gym once because I thought it was a quick fix for mental health, but oh my God, that's 200 quid that I could have spent on whatever. Um, it's really important. And that's obviously why this, the campaign that we're running now and, and obviously with the topic of this podcast is really interesting because hopefully it does get people sitting there thinking, what does mental health mean to me? Because it might be, you know, like the things that we've discussed today, like it might be having a bad day. Um, it might also be feeling better because you've been to the gym and you've managed to pull out, uh, even if, you know, as we described, as you described before, Jim, you know, you said it wasn't the best workout, but you're, you're there, you're doing it. It's, it's something really good. And that's a big win. Um, you know, crying at Avengers Endgame and, and feeling cathartic, you know, all these different things that all build this bigger picture because it's such a huge topic. Like we could have a podcast every day for the rest of 10, for the next 10 years and we wouldn't dissect the idea of what mental health is for everyone. So really, I, I do really hope that people do sit and have a think um, about what it means to them and, and just understand yourself better. And again, like, a, you know, I said, it was the strap line. It's a bit of a shameless plug here, but it is about being kind to your mind and understanding that you, your mind is just like any other part of your body, that sometimes it, you know you might have a bad day with it. Um, I'm getting to that age now where I stand up and like my bones crack and like my knees go a little bit. I wake up and like you know I've got I've got a sore back. I don't have that's not me going right. That's it. My back's done forever now. You know out we go. I just understand that that's a bit of a bad day. You know I do some things to help it. You know I might put some DP on or something like that. Now I'm not suggesting that people put DP on their brain, but it is that thing, isn't it? That you're going to have off days. Um, and I feel like I'm waffling now, but it, it's just something that I know we're all so passionate about. Um, so we're going we're gonna to bring it back now to um, what we always do. So with it being Mental Health Week, you know, we're, we're going to go around and we're going to ask one thing that you're going to do this week to make sure that you are kind to your mind. We'll start with you, Tom. Mm. In the deep end. Um, well, in the next two hours, um, I have um, I have an Udi arriving. I don't know if you've seen them advertised. They're like the giant hoodies extra 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 massive hoodies because i am freezing all the time in fact the fact that i'm doing this podcast in just a shirt is that's that's incredible because i'm i'm actually freezing um so yeah so i've got a massive giant hoodie i plan on being wrapped up super warm um gaming i've got a few um things to do i've started doing um more gardening um this week and yeah just enjoying being out and about a little bit more doing more gardening doing more walking maybe attempt town i don't know i'll see how i feel but yeah just getting out and trying to do more stuff and not sleeping quite so much 
That sounds fantastic. Um, Bo? Uh, yeah, so for me, it's going to be um, housework, I think. So uh, in the last few months, um, when we've not been doing the podcast, I have been smashing, sort of renovating the house out. So had carpets out, had new floor put in, had like this big TV wall chimney thing put in, bits like that. Um, and in like 10 minutes before we started recording this, uh, I was saying a crane turned up on a lorry and dropped me off loads of paving slabs to do my garden out. So that's my big thing at the moment. So yeah, paving slabs down, dig the garden out, new turf. It's going to look lovely. And yeah, I'm going to feel great about it. You're such an adult now. Bloody hell. It makes me feel bad about my plans. Jamie, what are you going to be doing? Uh, I mean, firstly, those are some great ideas. Um, for me, this week, it's going to be really difficult because this is a week on Friday, I finished my degree and I'm doing my two last take-home exams right now. Um, so it's, it's going to be a pretty tough week, but I'm going to try and think of some nice things to do. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of random things. I bought an Indian in a box from Marks and Spencers, which I'm going to have on Friday for a, a fake away. Um, I don't know why I always think about food when I think about this. Um, I think generally speaking, it probably will revolve around food and drink. Um, but I'm going to try and get out of the house a bit more as well. It's quite hard. Doing, I've got my exams going on. I'm still working three, four days a week, part-time, even during exams. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and eat well and get out of the house a bit as well. Excellent. Well, best of luck with your exams. Make sure you let us know how it, how it goes. And Jim, what are you going to be up to? Uh, I'm really envious of some of the ideas there. I, I did a bit of um, DIY around the house. Not so long ago, I'd love to do some more, but I just haven't got, haven't got around to it yet. Um, so I think I will be probably socialising. I'm making the most of things gradually opening up. We're off to uh, see some friends at the weekend and just spend a bit of time in their garden drinking and eating. I mean, food is going to be part of it for me as well. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that. It's, it's, it's just nice to start to do some different things at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think hopefully it's a sign of, you know, things getting a little bit more back to normal. Um, well, my thing is, as you know, with the rest of you, it's probably going to revolve around food. I'll order a big fat cheat meal at some point. I'll have a Chinese um, because it's, I've been craving one for about a month now and I'll get a bottle of red wine and I'll relax. Um, I'm, I'm planning to take some annual leave as well, which will be nice. Um, just have a little bit of time away um, and just again to, to rest. And I think towards the end of the month, I'm going to go back home at some point to see my parents because it's my dad's birthday. So that'll be lovely as well. And that's something to look forward to. Um, but once again, as always, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, gents. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you. Some really good conversations as per. Might have been a bit rusty this time, but for the next one, obviously, we'll get, we'll get back in, maybe with a bit more swearing as well, even, even more so. Um, but thank you, everyone, for watching. Make sure you do let us know maybe what mental health means to you how you're going to be being kind to your mind and stay tuned because I'm sure we'll be back with another episode of the podcast. But thanks for watching and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.